0: The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients working shoulder to shoulder with them to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us transformation to learn more. Hello, and welcome to Series 7, Episode 14 of Out with Susie Ruffle. This is the penultimate episode of the series. So, we've got just one more coming next week. Before we begin, I always need to do my classic thank yous. Lots of people got in touch last week after Reese's episode. It felt like it really resonated with many of you. So, I'm delighted that so many of you enjoyed it. And thank you very, very much for listening. Today I've got a brilliant conversation with Laura Kay who is an author and a journalist and I'm currently reading her book Wild Things which I highly recommend, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's one of those books where I can't wait to get into bed to read. I actually said to Alice this morning we've got to go to bed early tonight because I really need to finish this book. It's one of those, you can't put it down so I highly recommend it and we had a really brilliant chat about what it's like to be queer in the publishing industry, what it's like sharing your stories, making sure that queer stories are front and centre rather than a minor character in a straight person's story. Anyway, I think she's a brilliant writer and I really loved our conversation. So if you're not aware of Laura yet, I think that you'll love this chat and then buy all of her books because I think she's brilliant. I really, really liked her. Okay, as always, I have some listener emails. Hi Susie. Thank you for out. It's such a joy to drive to work hearing happy queer people reflect on their journey. I am bi slash pan and finally feel comfortable being out. Now I'm in my 30s. I really appreciate that you always say that you see the damage that was done to bi folk when gay and lesbian people have said that they're bi to help them hide a little longer. I just wanted to say while acknowledging the damage and the impacts of biphobia is vital, I don't hold it against anyone. Being queer can be scary and emotionally and physically dangerous. If saying you're bi keeps you safe, then do what you have to do. If in the future you feel safe enough to be out as who you are, work to undo that biphobia. We're all just trying to survive and being queer makes that even more complicated. Sending love from Western Australia to you, your guests and to all of the other listeners out there. And that's from Mel thanks so much for getting in touch Mel it's really important to me that I always reflect on that and that I talk about it because now I am very sort of happily out Uh, but that's a very kind thing for you to get in touch and say and I'm sure there were people listening that that email has made them feel a little bit better maybe so I really appreciate you taking the time to get in touch okay let's have another one Hi, Susie. I've been meaning to email for a while. Your podcast means the world to me and has been a huge part of my life and story over the past few years. I'm 39 years old. Section 28 was in place for the exact years that I went to school and had an enormous impact on my life. I'm just realizing that too. Huge. I grew up in a homophobic household with jokes about gay and trans people being very normalized. There was also those awful tombstone AIDS adverts on the TV which made my parents so scared of their children being gay. Age 14, I came out to my close friends as bisexual, but I never told anyone else or my parents. By 16, I'd realized that I was actually gay, but I was absolutely petrified. My family, school, and frankly, the entire world at the time told me that being gay was not okay. Gay people couldn't get married or have children, and I had no positive representation of gay people in my life. I ended up in a relationship with a cis man who I knew from school, who my parents liked and offered me a stable future. Very, very comp het. He knew I had previously been in relationships with girls and he said he didn't care. This was the best I could hope for and find some resemblance of happiness. We married when I was 24 and we have two wonderful children. When I was pregnant with my eldest, I had this overwhelming need to be open with the world about my sexuality and increasingly about my gender. By the time my youngest was born, the urgency was becoming clearer. I still hadn't come out to my parents. Every time I saw them, I would prepare to say something and then panic the whole time I was there and never say a thing. My husband would tell me that I would lose my family if I told them, and I believed them. My mum would still say awful things to gay people. For example, she told her gay neighbors that she was so happy they got married, but that she would disown them if they were her sons. Oof. Around six years ago, I finally realized I was definitely gay. I needed to tell my husband and find a way to live my truth. I told him and he said he didn't mind. I cried, but nothing changed. Then COVID happened, suddenly I couldn't hold it any longer. I came out to my mum over Facebook messages. She cried and I cried. A far too long story for this email. My parents, knowing that I was gay, opened the floodgates and I was finally free to be myself. I came out as gay, as non-binary and finally separated from my husband. Then I fell in love the first time in my life as an adult, I fell head over heels in love and it has completely changed my life. I grieve my queer youth, I've lost so many friends and I am building a life that is so true and showing my children that choosing you is the most important thing you can do with your life. I'm so proud of who I am. Fast forward a few years and I've just got married to my absolutely incredible wife. They have turned my life upside down in all the right ways. Our relationship fills me with the most amazing queer joy. Finally, someone loves me for exactly who I am and not the person that they want me to be. And finally, I love myself for those reasons. It's a long and difficult journey. My parents are still slowly coming to terms with things and I'm not sure they'll ever get my pronouns right. But they are still in my life and they even came to my wedding. Thank you for all you do. You've changed my life and that's from Indy. That is a very, very kind thing to say. I think you changed your life, and uh, the people that come on this podcast sharing their stories maybe helped along the way. But you did that. I can't take any of the credit for that. You did that. But thank you so much for reaching out, and I'm so happy. And congratulations to you and your wife. How wonderful. I hope that you had a gorgeous day. I'm sure that you did. Before we get on with today's chat, I just wanted to let you know, if you wanna come along and see my stand-up tour, I know lots of you already have, and it's been so joyful to meet so many of you. Honestly, it means the world when people say that they they listen to this podcast or that they're a like-minded friend and they listen to mine and Tom's. It really does make me, it makes me really proud of this show and really thrilled that it means so much to so many people. Uh, But you might be thinking, Suze, where are you going? And listen, I'm trying to, okay, I found my website it's embarrassing that it took me that long i couldn't find the button okay where are you going Suze? don't worry guys i'm about to tell you oh first of all i'm doing a show in milton keynes at the international festival on the 23rd of july i think it's gonna be lovely i think it's like i think it's in like outdoors in like a spiegel tent or something i think it's gonna be a really fun one so that's on the 23rd of july if you live anywhere near milton keynes have a look at that then the tour begins again in earnest in september and where are you going Suze? don't worry i'm going to tell you newcastle sheffield Birmingham again I'm going back to Birmingham Maidstone <laughs> Cambridge I'm doing a big show in London bigger than any show I've ever done in London at the Bloomsbury Theatre I really hope people are going to come because I've already done lots of shows at the Soho Theatre but apparently apparently there's, there's more people that are keen to come in London so please buy a ticket for that uh, that's on the 4th of October and that will be one of my biggest tour shows to date then I'm going to Bournemouth, Peterborough, Coventry Chorley, Kendal I'm going to the Lake District, and uh, I had an email today from Rural Rob, who is coming along to the West Country Show, I'm very much looking forward to meeting so many of, of my out friends there. <laughs> anyway, Southport, Buxton, Basingstoke, Folkestone, I said that in kind of a M- American southern states, Folkestone, Folkestone, Northampton, Aberdeen, Dundee, Newbury, Brighton, again, and the tour will finish in Bury Edmonds I don't know what Barrison Edmonds is like I hope it's a great place to have a final tour show of this tour but if you're planning on coming they will be the final dates of this tour so try and come to one of those okay let's get on with today's conversation with the brilliant Laura Kay I hope that you enjoy this as much as I did Oh, hello, listener. I'm really looking forward to today's chat with author and journalist Laura Kay. I am currently loving Laura's new book, Wild Things, and I was very keen to chat to her about her journey into publishing and about queer storytelling, putting people like us in the driver's seat, falling in love, having complicated relationships and friendships rather than just being a someone in a straight person's story. Laura has written for The Bookseller, Diva Magazine, The Guardian, Metro, The Stylist and many others. Her books The Split, Tell Me Everything and Wild Things all received widespread praise and acclaim. Indeed, last month Wild Things were published in the US and the New York Times review read, Wild Things is an excellent romantic comedy. It is not a sunny sky, but a sunbeam, energy focused into a patch of hopeful light. I am delighted that she's taken the time to chat with me today. Hello, Laura.
1: Hello, how that's are you? lovely. Oh my god, what a <laughs> nice introduction. I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks good. for asking. I am thoroughly enjoying Wild Things. Thanks. I still find it quite, maybe people are going to be listening to this and think, oh, Suze, that's because you're an idiot, but I still feel like I find it quite hard to find a book where I really relate to the protagonist, where someone like me isn't the sort of of a joke or just sort of someone in the sidelines was your oh this is I've, I've got like really into it really quickly but it's because I really want to know the answer <laughs> we well, you started off as a journalist right yes yeah and so and I know you went to Sheffield I did and so was the, always the aim to get into writing a book did you want to be a novelist
1: I did want to be a novelist I did always think about stories. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to tell stories but I never really considered that that was a career that I could have. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like a dream career Yeah, that wasn't possible and I went into journalism I started working for like sort of online stuff Mm -hmm. when I was living in Sheffield and I started working in Manchester and I got a job at the Guardian Mm. after I wrote a piece for them about uh, how hard it was to find a job.
0: (laughs) 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 It's a great way to get a job. (laughs) It's a great way to get a
1: job and then when I was there I sort of fell into a role that I mean if you've if you're reading Wild Things, will be familiar to you. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I sort sure. of fell into a role that. Uh, oh, are you L wasn't. I'm not L. Okay, <laughs> but that that job. Anyone who knew me at the time, and then has read Wild Things, will be like, I recognise that sort of slightly stagnant feeling of working somewhere where you're so close to the action but not quite there. Yeah, sure. And I I sort of started writing in my spare time and I had like a very small amount of a book like literally a thousand words the opening Mm. to a book which ended up being my first novel and I on a total whim on the last day of the schemes at penguin run called right now Mm -hmm. sent it off to them and everything happened after that it was total it was total luck it was luck that I saw a tweet advertising it It was luck that I had just finished a thousand words that week like everything and that's what they
0: what they just wanted a thousand words
1: thousand words and that's what I had yeah. Oh
0: wow, that's serendipity. It
1: l- felt like that. It, it was like at every single stage, I was just like, Well, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful mm. for this. What a wonderful opportunity this is. And then just got closer and closer and closer. I got my agent and I was like, Oh, this this feels like it is actually happening mm. then. Um and it it still doesn't really feel that real. Like I quite often feel like I'm making it up, you know, when people are but like, it What's make your job? Feel like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess I'm an author. Like, you know,
0: like, I write books I and stuff.
1: <laughs> and people are like, well, I do you or don't you? No, no, I'm like, no, I do, I do. I guess that that is true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I still feel like that about stand-up. Yeah. People are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I show off for money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of feels a bit like... It feels like... I don't know. I don't know what it feels like. Does it feel ridiculous. like accidentally bragging? Yeah, it does feel like accidentally bragging. And I also think you get... And I don't know, you probably get this too. And then people will be like, oh, yeah, I'm a writer too. I... You know, and everyone's got like a project on the, yeah, on the yeah, go yeah. and this and that. And then, I don't know. I'm like, I suppose I still feel like I'm talking about my hobby.
0: Right. Yeah. When you, I'm interested, when you say, oh, it's felt like a dream job, mm. where did you grow up? I grew
1: up in Hertfordshire, in mm-hmm. Bishop Stortford.
0: Yep, know it. Gig um, there, sure.
1: Yeah, sure. Why sure. not? You've geeked in Bishop Stortford. Yeah,
0: I've geeked in most places. <laughs> <laughs> no sure. <shelves>, no. Okay. <laughs> Bishop Stortford's not a show. It's actually very pretty. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so I relate to that in a way of going like, I don't know anyone that was in the arts. Mm. Like, that was not something that my family did. It was nowhere near sort of touching distance for me. Yeah. If you were growing up and you were sort of a young person with sort of stories in their heads, was there anyone around you that was working in sort of a creative industry? No. Yeah. So
1: I... No, I didn't know anyone that works in creative industries. It feels impossible. It feels absolutely impossible. Like, mm. everyone knows that so much of working in this industry is who you know
0: oh so much of it and and I, how, much money, and how can much, can much money you can bankroll you while, you while you try and do
1: it exactly and like my parents my dad's a social worker my mom's she's a teacher and a sure she works with kids and students who have got special needs mm-hmm. and um I you know that's those and my parents friends did those kinds of jobs mm-hmm. and those are the kind of jobs that I thought that you did yeah sure and um it never occurred to me I mean I was incredibly lucky that my I was so close to London, mm. which meant that, you know, when I wanted to do like, you know, a week's internship at a magazine or sure, this and that, yeah. I can commute, which mm-hmm. is just massive. Because if you're a young person who wants to work in the creative industries and you don't live near London, oh, and you then, you know, you know I was lucky enough that I could afford the training and yeah. you don't get paid, like, yeah, it's really complicated. So yeah, it just felt like just not something that for me.
0: Right. Yeah. And were you, I know before we sort of, turned on the mics. Mm. We were talking about consuming stuff like Sarah Walters as Mm. teenagers and uh, oranges are not the only Oranges are not the only three Yeah. Yes, oranges are not the only three. I always go to say orange Orange is the, are only? the only orange is the only fruit because it's like a cross between. Yeah, it's cross between orange is the new black. Yeah, and I'm like gay oranges. Yeah, <laughs> the gay orange one. Yeah, yeah, no, lesb- lesbians with oranges. Yeah, you know that you know that lesbian orange <laughs> thing. Were you consuming sort of queer leaning? I was about to say the word bending. Sort of yeah. words queer bending stuff. Queer bending stuff. As like a young teen?
1: Yes, I was. Sarah Waters was massive for me. Yeah,
0: me too. Tipping the
1: velvet. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah.
0: Fingersmith. Right. Game changing. Sure. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely everything to me. And then those, what's that guy's name? Andrew, Andrew something, who changed, the, who put them all on the telly. Oh, he was like the creative, he was yeah. the guy that like put them into sort of scripted work. Andrew, mm. and someone will know, they'll be shouting out the podcast, that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But did you watch all the yeah. TV ones as well? Yeah. But I
1: think the TV came out in like the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I watched it when I was, so. I'm 34 now, Mm -hmm. I I can't do any kind of maths, but I feel like I must have watched it when I was a young teenager. Uh, Like, mind-blowing to me. Yes. And I, but I feel like then I didn't realise why it was so Mm mind-blowing. I just think I was like, she's such an incredible storyteller. Right, sure, sure, sure. And I guess I love historical fiction. Yeah. And like, that is true. And she's working on something right now and I'm so excited. It's been years. But... I was, I mean, I, what else did I consume? I mean, I was actually talking about this the other day. I read Sugar Rush, which is not something yes. that I would ever recommend to anybody now. Has <laughs> it aged badly? It has. And the author is not somebody who's, whose work I would ever
0: recommend right, to okay, anybody. Right, okay, fine.
1: But um, I, I loved those books and I loved that series.
0: I just remember who wrote it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. But um, that that was so huge to me. And mm-hmm. Sugar Rush and watching that on TV and everyone was watching it. Yes. And it didn't feel like it's a gay thing. Yeah, totally. It felt like it was a teenage thing. So yeah, that was it was kind of like cool. skins,
0: had that sort of yeah. slightly like edgy vibe of like, they're smoking, they're drinking, there's some action. Totally. Yeah. And those
1: that felt like something that you I could almost like get away with watching. You because know? right. like everyone was watching it. Mm-hmm. So even though it was a queer love story, you know, it yeah. was someone who's totally obsessed with their school friend, which is like Something a lot of young
0: queer yeah. people can totally. relate to, really heavily relate to, <laughs> really, really heavily,
1: deeply relate to. But everyone was watching it, and it yeah. felt kind of like a safe, a safe one.
0: Yeah, absolutely So I remember reading. I think I, I think I probably read a handful of Sarah Waters novels before I'd come out, and certainly watched the the shows before I came out. Similar to you, before I really knew how much I related to them, sort of quite passionately, um, in in actually quite a quite a deeper, meaningful way. Were you were you aware of your sexuality sort of by sort of teenage years? Were you aware that you were? Did you feel sort of a thing that sort of comes up quite a lot on the podcast is sort of feeling slightly othered. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I, I don't think I was aware of my sexuality necessarily. Mm. I think I was aware of feeling very uncomfortable. I felt very uncomfortable with myself mm. and I couldn't necessarily put my finger on what that was about. And uh, yeah, yeah. I guess like as a teenager, when you're feeling really, you know, there's hormones going on and mm. everything's changing, your body's changing, really self-conscious anyway. And it, I felt like, deeply like I was, there was something diff. I was different to mm. other people and I didn't know what it was and I couldn't articulate it, but I knew that I didn't want to talk about it. Mm. I didn't really want to put my finger on it. I just yeah. felt weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and like, that. I definitely had loads and loads of crushes on people. Mm-hmm. All, I went to an all-girls school. Right. And I had Bitchy? this really, really... Do you know... Yeah, I suppose so. But actually... So like, it was, oh yes, because I didn't go and they was, always sort of
0: imagine it. To be yeah, like,
1: a, like, it was so fun. Oh, cool. That's like, good. I always feel like when I remember school, like, and often, yeah, there is this idea of all-girls schools hmm. and I have it, like, for some reason still as well about other all-girls schools, but yes. my school, <laughs> I'm like, it was different. And, like, people just, it was almost like we went out of our way to make ourselves not attractive to like, we were so unbothered about being attractive to boys, certainly oh, me and all right. my friends. Like we had this disgusting, hideous uniform. I went to Harts and Essex High School. Sure. So anyone who is aware of it will know it's a dark brown uniform. And when I went, you had to wear a kilt all the way down to your ankles. All the way down to your ankles. And so the only way to rebel with a skirt like that is you can't hike it up, so you have to make it lower, and so like we would <laughs> wear these skirts like so low that people would be falling down the stairs. It would be oh, like wow. a natural hazard, and we'd wear like pajamas underneath them. It was such a weird, it was a really weird thing. But when I think about it, I don't think about bitchy. I think about all of us just trying to like be the stupidest and make each other laugh. The oh, mind.
0: that's really nice.
1: It was really nice, and I'm sure other people had different experiences. And maybe no, I was really just friends with a jealous bunch of, of that clowns. experience. But like, yeah, it was. I, like, really I have realize. really fond memories of school, even though I felt sort of always a little bit like I was going to be found out. Mm. But I didn't know that what I was feeling towards people was like a crush necessarily. Yeah. And I also didn't realise that other people weren't feeling like that. Yes, so I just right. kind of thought we ha- are all having these kind of yeah. like intense friendships and we were all so tactile and like, you know... Uh, it just didn't occur to me that other people didn't feel like that or Mm. that there was anything particular or that other people were feeling like that about boys.
0: Right. Didn't come into contact with any boys. Because I read in an article you said that if you had... How much you loved... Oh, what's it called? Thongs and... Angus, Thongs and perfect Jogging. How much you loved that book, but if there had been a queer character in it, it would would have been utterly mind-blowing. Mind-blowing,
1: yeah. It would have been... it, It. I honestly just don't think I had any kind of awareness of like queerness that related to me. Like I, I knew that there were gay people, and I knew yeah. that there were lesbians. Lesbian yeah. was the worst thing that you could get called at my school. By yeah, the way. yeah, you mm-hmm. know, totally. Yeah. So I knew that they existed. I, you know. Ugh, it was the thing that people got accused of. Yes, um, right. In not just like at school, but in pop, you know popular culture, yes. it was an accusation rather than an identity in my yes. mind.
0: Oh God, that's a great way of putting it, yeah.
1: I didn't associate with that. And so like I had an idea of what a lesbian was in my mind and I was like, well, I'm not
0: that. And right.
1: I, I'm not sure that I'm part of that. And so it just never really, it honestly never really occurred to me, even though I was consuming. I watched the, L, the whole of the L Word with my boyfriend when I was in sixth form. Wow. And while I was watching that, I was still, I was like, I'm fascinated by this. This is so intriguing to me. Yes. But I still was like, I don't know if that's got anything to do with me, though.
0: Yeah. Took a while. No, but I think that's, I'm a little bit older than you, but I think that's certainly common with girls of our generation. Because I think, you know, similar to the fact, like, to the lesbians all being Victorian, I think there was, even now, to a degree, there's such a lack of... Gay women on television, being like, I'm a lesbian, yeah. this is what I do. Like, you know, not this is what I do, but this, like, this, is, this
1: is what I do. This is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. Here's me in my garden. Here's me at
0: home. Like, you know, yeah, home and lesbian. Um that's the magazine that I'm working on. Uh, but uh but, but it would be you know, it it did feel like there was for, for me it felt incredibly isolating mm. because it felt like There just can't be that many people that have normal lives because otherwise, surely I would be aware of them.
1: A hundred percent. Like, where are the... Yeah, that was exactly it. There aren't people that have
0: normal lives. Mm. And when
1: I think about, like, lesbians that were present, like, you know, in my home in terms of what was on TV and what was on films, I genuinely... I think very occasionally it would be, like, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, sure. But she was so, like, desexualised... Um, is so desexualized, yeah. um, th- And that also
0: American. And American. Far away.
1: And far away. And, and, Oh, like I don't know a, a celebrity and such a like high profile yeah, yeah, wealthy yeah. white like yeah just this whole other like status of person it's you know not a relatable person
0: yeah it's hard to relate to someone that's talking to Reese Witherspoon about a party <laughs> exactly
1: where you're were like both oh, are. Oh, maybe like, that could be me yeah, yeah 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 totally. um yeah no it it was so lacking and you're right it's still lacking it's mm. still truly lacking like I was talking to someone yesterday about why i'm so excited about the queer ultimatum
0: yes right and that's so that's the new netflix show that's like yeah
1: and it's such a depressing thing to be excited about because it is so it's just trash and these poor people like i i can't even and i like every time i watch it i'm like oh my brain cells like (laughs) just like dissolving um and it's like causing me unnecessary stress my blood pressure and all of this and i'm like but like I deserve that. Like, yeah. it's so much fun. It's so, like... Yeah. Finally. I just watched I Kissed a Boy and I was obsessed. Like, well, you I know k-
0: they're doing a female one. Yeah, I kissed a girl. I know. Thank
1: you, But
0: Yeah, thank you, Danny Minogue. Big <laughs> fans out here.
1: <laughs> Always looking out for us, the Minogues. Should they,
0: do you know what they are? And God bless them. They are. Um, did you go to Sheffield for I, uni yes, as well? I, I did. Because I needed master's there. Yeah, that's where I went. And because I've... A few of my friends have said that, like, once they got to uni and there was, like, more sort of organizations or yeah. more different kinds of people that had come from like bigger cities totally. that had like different ideas yeah was that yeah was that sort of um what's the word i'm looking for you're you're the writer was that
1: it's like transformative thank
0: you see you're the writer
1: is that <laughs> yeah. yeah In sure yes yeah. it took me a while to get there but my best friend sid is gay and she had been out since she was 15 no 13 even wow she's amazing yeah and I was at Sheffield with her weirdly Great. um it was like a total total coincidence we'd both taken gap years we didn't really know each other that well then and we sort of met him properly in freshers week and became like firm friends and she was one of the first people I came out to and she was so amazing I was really lucky to have her mm. um and she got it yeah of course and then you know I had loads of queer friends who were all you're right like it is about meeting people and seeing that there is there's a community out there and that there's another option yeah and I think it became so so obvious to me I guess as I like got to know myself better outside of the context that I was used to so like outside of my home and outside of my school and outside yeah. of my hometown and I you know I, I lived in Bishop Stortford from when I was like three years old like that was the first time I'd ever left home and got to know myself sort of as an individual mm. that it just became impossible to ignore so I suppose before I like before I came out to Sid I came out to myself I literally remember writing it in my diary which is weird because I don't really write a diary I think it was just like a random notebook but I was like I have to get this
0: out out. yeah literally yeah
1: um yeah and then everything felt I mean you guess I guess you never really stop no it's constant but like that was the first time I ever like vocalized it Mm. um and to myself and
0: like very slowly to other people it's amazing isn't it like I feel like one when you leave your home if I mean I was very lucky to have a very sort of safe supportive lovely childhood um but there is sort of a license for you to slightly investigate yourself in a way that you can't at your parents' house. Totally, yeah. Which, and like, yeah, the freedom to like, you know, even sort of like going to bed when you want or talking as late as you want into yeah. the night without someone telling you off. Yeah. They're, 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 it does sort of mean that you have the space to, yeah, just to be yeah slightly more questioning about who you are
1: totally think for yourself yeah
0: like similar with politics and going oh politics affects me
1: yeah exactly like Mm. just it was yeah it was such a I think for my undergraduate it was like a real slow burn of figuring out who I was and then my master's year I really knew who I was Mm -hmm. and had like Honestly, I don't remember a single thing that I learned during that year. I'm extremely. You did American history. I did American history. That's right. <laughs> and no, honestly, ask me anything about American history. It's
0: all. It's all in there. <laughs> is it basically just Hamilton playing on loop it's in just there? Yeah. Hamilton. Great. I learn
1: about Hamilton. Great, great. And like, I'm so privileged to have done that. And like, honestly, I I do not take that for granted at all. But the or what I remember about that year is like really like knowing who I was and mm. like having the most fun with it for mm. the first time. Like ever. Yeah. I was like I was out to everyone, I was out to my parents, I was out to my friends, my my family, everyone. Yeah. And I was like dating people and like getting my heart broken and yeah. like all of the stuff, mm. you know? And that I am so like when I think about that time, I'm just so grateful that mm. I did it. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I like listened and paid attention to who I was and just had loads of silly fun like that's a thing that you know once you're out and I I know people have incredibly difficult experiences Mm. and not everything about coming out was easy but like when that weight is lifted and you are who you, you are for the first time the amount of fun that that is and that you can have and the joy is just so massive like I have such fond memories of that time as well as it being you know complicated
0: yeah yeah I think that there's again like obviously it's different for different people and some people are not in safe scenarios where they can come out but certainly for me there was like I've come out and I've survived so I sort of feel like indestructible like yeah yeah like I can do whatever i want and i and i feel sort of powerful
1: totally and i think that definitely comes as well from just not you're not waiting to be found out anymore
0: yeah right like the amount of energy that goes into being in the closet is actually like exhausting
1: it is exhausting and you can just be like well that's it that's who i am and like there's nothing else for you to find out and Mm. so now i don't feel weird and uncomfortable anymore Mm. or like you know i'm being as honest as you are about who I am, and then you can take it or leave it. Yeah, And totally. it takes a long time to get to that place, but once you're there, it's such a relief.
0: It really is. It really is. And so, back to your books. Yes. So you you, you entered that, that penguin competition. How, was there like, how much were you, I know that you don't write historical fiction, but how much do you think you were sort of inspired by people like Sarah Waters or Jeanette Winter... Food? stud, Sean, son, son. <laughs> Do you know Winston? Uh, <laughs> leave that bit in, Emma. I want everyone to know how clever I am. Um, but like, was it like? Okay, now I'm going to tell stories, and they're going to be sort of from a queer perspective.
1: I. I just started writing, right. and then the story that I told was naturally from a queer perspective because mm. those are my stories. Yes,
0: totally. Um, I did you like beat it out as a book, or did you no. just no? And I
1: still don't do that. Do you not? No, and I know people that do, and their writing process is so easy compared to mine. <laughs> I I write the fun bits first, okay. so like I'll have an idea in my head, I'll have characters, sure, and then I kind of know what I want to happen to them. And then I'll be like, oh, it's going to be so much fun when they dot, dot, dot. And then I'll write that bit. And then I'll write, oh my God, now they're going to go on a date. Now they're going to do this. And then I sort of smush it together and hope for the best. Right. So it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Like a jigsaw puzzle rather than me coming up with a plan. And I would love to be that person that comes up with a plan, but I simply... I'm not right, so I never set out with an intention. I wasn't like, I'm gonna write a queer book, mm. but I knew that I wanted to write a friendship. Yeah, it's a very lovely romantic friendship between a lesbian and a gay man in my first novel, mm-hmm. and they've both had their hearts broken and they're both sad little people, mm-hmm. and they've had to move home because their you know living situations are ruined because of their partners, you know, yep. breaking up with them and sort of picking up the pieces to build each other up again mm-hmm. and i hadn't loads of my closest friends are gay men
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i i wasn't sure that i'd ever read like an uplifting novel about a oh. gay man and a lesbian yep. being friends
0: yeah absolutely tom allen and i talk about this a lot on our podcast when we're like people sort of don't see us as a gang no. somehow even though we are yeah. lumped together in in, oh, yeah. in all of the the letters they put out for us but they don't you actually see that much of no gay women and gay men together
1: which is so interesting because yeah. in my i mean in my experience like i mean we are a gang there's yes, all of us totally together agree. we yeah. actually are the lgbt oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah so i just knew that i wanted to tell that story and then it kind of came out in my natural voice which yeah. is like it's light and it's like colloquial and it's yes. fun and i suppose like i was more inspired by like anger songs and full frontal singing yes. and like that kind of tone yes except gay people yes i kind of just wrote what i wanted to read
0: yes totally because that's the thing because it because it doesn't feel like it's out there as i said to you when you came in i'm so enjoying wild things because it is so rare that i'm like oh i know these people yeah like i know these guys i girls. love hearing
1: that yeah that's all i because that's all i ever you know you just want to relate to something. yes totally
0: like i love doing it now obviously but i feel like had 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 i like had a copy of your book when i was 21 it would have actually felt sort of quite mind blowing to be like oh my god okay these are sort of friends in a book until i can find some gay friends
1: yeah oh my god i i, I it's just that's all i want is mm. for people to find to find friends in my books yeah. and i think i i want people to to know that it's okay so oh, I feel like when I was growing up and reading about like falling in love with someone, so like a woman falling in love with a woman, there's just pain and tragedy, yes. oh. and it's a horror show. And like, yeah,
0: when, when are they going to die? Yeah, when are they going to die? Or like,
1: one of them's going to get found out, and that's going to have horrible, terrible consequences yeah, for off one or both. She goes to the
0: asylum. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, she goes to the wedding with the
1: husband yeah. she's horrible oh they're both crying there's like a hand pressed up against the windows the train pulls away it's just like
0: that I, i'd read that book
1: yeah, <laughs> you're like, hang on write that down <laughs> i am actually writing historical fiction now are you oh <laughs> god sure. i do mean, wish no nice. um that's next that's next the fifth um, book yeah the fifth book i wanted to write books about having a crush on someone yeah right and how totally joyful that can be yes. as well as rubbish and yes. like how much fun that is and straight people always get to have crushes they have a meat cute and then they fancy yes. them and then it's they wallow in it and then yeah. they get with them at the end and I was like that's what I want yeah, like that's totally. what I want that's what I always want to do my real life and that's what I want in my books and I just feel like it's a nice it's just fun I want people to yeah. escape into the books and be like yeah there's some joy here I don't have to worry about what yeah. I'm gonna bump up against in these books I take care of my characters and you're not gonna find yeah. anything for
0: them. and it's sense. so nice like it's so rare that we get a rom-com mm. like in I mean, certainly in television and movies... Like, my God, we'll watch anything, won't we? If there's like a gay Christmas film that comes out, it's like, I don't care how shit it is. I am watching that. 100%. I am watching that twice. I'm <laughs> feeling festive.
1: i was watching that twice. I'm watching that every year. I watched yeah. something called The New York Christmas Wedding. Have you watched sure. that? Sure, no,
0: I'll watch it. Uh,
1: you must. <laughs> I, I Watch it out of season even. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen, but I'm sort of evangelical about it.
0: Because it's gay. Because gay. Because C- yeah. gay. Yeah, because yeah, gay. Um, <laughs> and so was there any sort of, I mean, I'm talking about this from sort of a slightly different perspective of like trying to pitch for telly and different things like that. Did you ever have like a rub up against people being like, is there enough of an audience? You know, is this mainstream? Is it going to be something that can appeal to someone that's not gay?
1: Yes. Not in so many words.
0: People aren't that frank.
1: People aren't that frank, weirdly enough. Yeah. And especially in publishing, people are very dancing around the point. Sure. Everyone is so nice to each other and there's always 25 kisses at the end of each email. Even <laughs> if it's like a horrible rejection. <laughs> like it's taken some getting bye. used to. Yeah, love you, bye. We hate it. Oh my God, but we love you. Some great ideas. Some just great not right ideas. now. We're obsessed. We're obsessed. It's a no, but we're obsessed. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I, so I went through the Penguin Scheme. Yep. and at the end of it, I'd I'd worked with a particular imprint, mm-hmm. and they and
0: imprints. For people that don't oh, know about yeah. publishing because it's a new thing for me as well. Like, uh, so there'll be like the big ones that we've heard of, like Penguin and share. yeah, whatever. Uh, and then there's Pamela, smaller and imprints and then, within them. And they're li- like, and they s- you sort of do like specific things. Exactly that.
1: Right. Okay. So I'd worked with one imprint under the Penguin umbrella. Sure. They take it to an acquisitions meeting after i right. had been working with an editor for a year. And they rejected it. Mm. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. And rejection's they, so tough. Rejection's so tough. And they said it was because they didn't know where it would sit. And not knowing where things... I've been told that about me as a wait, person. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no!
0: It's about my stand-up, yeah. I've literally had someone say, we you, don't know where to put you. Don't know where to put you. It's it's so infuriating. So it's so upsetting. It's and like, like... It like hark back to like some... It, like, yeah. wakes up some, like, internalised homophobia that I thought I got rid of, where they're like, they were yeah. right all along. Yeah, yeah. No oh, my you. God, oh, God. Yeah. It's because you're gay. It's because you're it's okay. No one knows what you said. <laughs>
1: uh, so, so that I felt, and they, obviously, they never said in a million years that it was because it was a gay book, and I am not accusing them of rejecting it because it was a gay book, to be clear.
0: But however, <laughs> penguin, babe. <laughs> however.
1: <laughs> having said that, no, uh, so that was my first big, oh, I don't understand how I've worked on a rom-com with you that is gay, and now you don't know where it would sit
0: because it's it's very obvious where a rom com like rom coms rom-com. yeah rom coms must be hmm. I guess you know like the big one of the biggest banners in a bookshop yeah you know certainly when it gets to like holiday season totally like, it's a beach read yeah
1: they rejected it and I was mm. really really fortunate after I mean I have an amazing agent who mm. was basically like. Like um,
0: She just mouthed fuck them.
1: <laughs> so you know she's edgy. And was like, this is the best thing that could happen to you, Laura. And she was right. Because I found an incredible publisher who has never once told me that they don't know where to put me. Yes. And they've never had a queer rom-com writer on, before. Mm. And basically they they have been so loyal to me and they have stuck with me. And they have tried every single thing until we found the thing that works so in terms of like finding an audience yep. and how to position me and you know how to market the books and all of these things that I had never even considered when I was just writing yeah the book right and now is all I think about yeah um and they you know I would say for anyone who's like doing anything queer creatively if someone tells you they don't know where to put it or they don't know where it sits or whatever that is simply them not having enough knowledge or educating themselves yes, or working totally, hard enough because yeah. there is a place for all like queer Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Especially if it's a book, like go to like gaze the word, Mm. and it will encourage you to know that like other people have done it, and if there's room for them, there's room for you.
1: Totally, and there's an audience. Yeah, like I think that there's always been this like misconception that queer, queer art or queer literature or queer anything is for queer people, Mm. and like of course it is. Like I'm delighted that so many queer people read my books, Mm -hmm. but straight people read it too or enjoy it too, and like it's so interesting. It's like um, there's a real. People really underestimate an uh, an audience, or people underestimate, you know, a readership in general, or whatever. Like it's um, it's a real shame because people just
0: want stories, Mm. like great stories about people. Yeah, and I think like as the world is evolving, and people, you know, most most good guys will have a handful of gay friends, you know, and uh, but people have said to me before, like, oh, I was surprised by how straight the audience was tonight, and you sort of go, well, some, you know, sometimes I'll go to places where it's like, you know like Birkenstocks at the door sort of thing like <laughs> it's heavily gay heavily lesbian which I love as well but it's you know it. you're so like you know the, the idea that like queer art is only for queer people it's like have you heard of Oscar Wilde? Yeah. You know I think like <clears throat> you know not that he was necessarily writing about queer people but he was certainly coming from a queer perspective. Yeah. How did you get your voice out there? What was it what was it that you once the book was finished and obviously you had your publisher was it just about sort of just growing it slowly it was exactly that
1: yeah. it was a slow it was a slow burn mm. like i think i was learning and the publisher was learning and we were mm. all learning about exactly what to do with these stories yeah. and there was such an incredible reaction to the split i was so so grateful that people were picking up i mean it came out during lockdown which so, was like, its own experience qualified. yeah was that a-
0: Good thing or a bad thing? Like, are people reading more or not?
1: Well, it was a good thing in terms of yeah, people were like supporting independent bookshops. Loads, sure, yeah, and and um, people were buying books on- online and um, to like read on Kindles and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But it was a bad thing in that all bookshops were closed. Yeah. and um that and p- a lot of people had lost income yeah um, and so
0: I wasn't saying whether the pandemic in general was good or bad I know that oh no bad. I mean
1: and <laughs> me, I, I was just talking about people losing income, yeah, income yeah. in relation to, to buying books. my book yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah sure, um, sure sure, 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 sure. <laughs>
0: Susie, I think the pandemic was bad oh I, sorry you just uh, personally that's just
1: my own feelings about it but like I don't <laughs> want to speak for anyone else um <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and it's it's just about building a yeah. building an audience. But my the people that read my books and buy my books and tell me a, how it's affected them are like are just the best. Yeah, like I have the best readers. I had someone message me on Instagram earlier and said, "I hope you write these stories till you're old and grey. <laughs>
0: and I was like, "God, me too." Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was like, "I promise, I'll try."
0: But that's great. Yeah, it's really that must, nice. it must feel like you're in quite an exciting phase now. Yeah, it does feel
1: exciting. I um i really i feel like i have found my audience which is like a really nice oh. feeling and like got into the groove of it yeah um, that's um, fantastic yeah it feels like and it's really like exciting time in publishing i think for queer authors like yeah there's been a real boom which is cool yeah definitely and you're part yeah. of that yeah which is so great and we can all lift each other up like the you know the better yeah. a queer book does you know, you, here or in the US or wherever, the better it is for all of us. Yeah. Like, you, you know, um, it's really, yeah, it's really exciting.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, I think there's that, there's a common misconception that there can only be, and I don't know whether it's maybe a female thing of like sometimes. But they would say like you know there's one there's like one space for a girl, and it sort of ends up sort of pitting the girls against each other, but actually, as soon as you read something that's by a woman and you love it, you go, "I must read more things by women because I'm really connected to that there's, you know and exactly it's so you know I've been reading more lately because my my toddler is a very good sleeper now. she touches the wood, it's actually leather, but that's crazy. okay, I found some wood oh, thank and um so now my wife and I will go to bed with our books at like half nine so and nice. read our books and so like I'm back into reading and now I'm reading like like ferociously I'm like I can't stop I'm constantly buying books and I'm loving oh, the, the peace of reading and yeah. sitting down and so if you read one great queer book you're going to be like oh you know even if you're not queer you'll be like oh well, that relates exactly
1: me. yeah it's all yeah it's great
0: and so before we go I, I, first of all I'm going to remind everyone uh, of the books that they can get because often it's a, it's a thing that we get often on this show people will get in touch and say like "Oh, I want to consume more queer stuff or can do you have any recommendations for books or uh, or, you know, TV shows or films. So The Split, Tell Me Everything, and Wild Things yep. are your three books that are at the moment, and you're working on a fourth?
1: Yes, I am. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, really exciting.
0: Um, when does it come out?
1: That'll come out sort of this time next year.
0: Exciting? Yeah. Marvellous. And um, we ask everyone the same question at the end of the show, and the version of you that I'm thinking of is that version of you that wrote down that you were gay before you... Uh, before you could say it out loud or indeed to anybody else. If you could reach out to her and, you know, sort of encourage her or like let her know that you were going to be writing the Angus thongs and perfect snogging, but for the gay girls um, and boys and anyone in between Or, or someone that's like listening to this right now that's in a similar place where maybe they've only just admitted it to themselves and they might be on a journey before they manage to say it to anyone else. God, that was a really convoluted way of saying it today. Sorry, guys. But you know what I mean. Uh, what would you say?
1: Um, I would say have loads of compassion for yourself mm. and just be really kind. Um, and it's a really slow process. And also, it it and that doesn't matter. You don't owe it to anyone. It's all about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of going forward, don't demote yourself and how... Like valuable you are take everything at your own pace and coming out and everything that comes with that is something that you can be really selfish about and put yourself first and I would also say like you are going to find your people Mm. like and because of the community that I feel so lucky to be a part of mm. that means that you keep finding your people which is the coolest yes, thing ever that's so true. and like I as soon as I came out I found I found more people who mm. I related to and was close to and understood me and I understood them and I am still finding my people now mm. And that's my favorite thing in the world and so like even if it feels really really tough and you feel like you're the only person and no one's going to understand you and nothing makes sense and you feel really uncomfortable with yourself that will get better and you put yourself first and find your people and then everything will become easy
0: yes oh i loved that one smashed it that was great thank you Laura. thanks And that was the fantastic Laura Kay. I hope that you enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to her. And uh, if you want to come and see me on tour, please do. I I mentioned all the places in the intro to the show, uh, but just go on my website, suzyruffle.com, and it will have everything you need. There's stuff on my Instagram. I don't use Twitter. It's a hellscape. But uh, you can find me on TikTok as well if you're one of those people that watch stand-up on TikTok. I've got some stand-up on TikTok, sure you can get in touch with me on the email you can always get in touch with me the email is hello at com. so get in touch i hope you have a great week as i said next week will be the final episode of this series i'm gonna have a little break over the summer i'm gonna have some time off with my family which i am really looking forward to and we're having our first family holiday which i am very much looking forward to so i'm gonna have a bit of a break over july and august and then i'll be back with you i imagine in september September, October, there'll be there'll be a series before Quis- Christmas, uh, Christmas. So you just chit-chatting now to yourself in your room. Okay, I'm going to go. See you later, guys. Have a great week. Bye, 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 bye.